Turn with me, if you would, to Luke, the fifth chapter this evening. Luke chapter 5, and I'd ask you to believe with me. For utterance, utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. What the Lord would allow me and enable me to do is greatly affected by what you allow him to do. We're all tied together on this, but I know sometimes people have not understood that. But you are not supposed to be just passive. I know that you're, you know, sitting in the chair and you're not doing a whole lot physically, but spiritually you are supposed to be active. You're supposed to be actively respecting the word, actively expecting revelation and light and answers, right? Very open, very yielded, not just anything, but to him and to his word. In Luke, the fifth chapter, are you there? Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. Luke 5, 12 says, uh, and this is the Amplified I'm reading. said, while he was in one of the towns, Jesus, there came a man full of, covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cure me and make me clean. If it is your will, I believe that you can. Now this is where millions of Christians are at today and tonight, depending on what side of the world you're on. They believe that God can heal them. If. If what? If it is his will. Most Christians pray that way. Lord, heal me. Lord, heal them. If it be thy will. Well, that's what this man said to Jesus. He said, I believe you're able. I believe you can do it. I believe you can. If you will. Should we pay attention to how Jesus answered him? And what he said? Well, then let's see. What does Jesus say to such a question? I believe you can if you will. What does Jesus say to such a question? Y'all are getting ahead of me. <laughs> he, he said, he said, if you will, you can make me clean. What did Jesus say? Jesus reached out his hand and he touched him. And he said, I'm reading Amplified again. I am willing. Be cleansed. I will. Glory to God. I will be thou clean. Who said it? Who said it? Jesus. Who, Jesus said it. Is he the same? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? If he said, I will then, what's he saying tonight? Does he change? If he does not change, then tonight he's saying what he said then. Is he a respecter of persons? Does he play favorites? He does not. The Bible said he is no respecter of persons. Well, then if he told him, I will, and he's no respecter of persons, what would he tell you? He would tell you, I will, or either he's making a difference. He would tell you, I will, or either he's changed. If you only knew those two scriptures, that he does not change. That he's no respecter of persons. Then you'd be convinced. You'd have your three witnesses right here. Here's one witness. 
He told the man, I will. Here's another witness. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's another witness. He's no respecter of persons. We could just shout and go home right now and say, hey, it's his will. But in case you're not completely convinced for some rare reason, we're going to go on. And we're going to go on far beyond and keep going and keep going and keep going. And we have begun and are continuing tonight on the series we call God's Will to Heal. God's will to heal. Is it his will for you to be healed now? That's the question. I like your answer. I like it. But we must prove it. I said we must prove it from scripture after scripture after scripture. And I am in the process by the help of the Lord to give you 30, 30 reasons from the Bible from scriptures, why we are sure it's God's will for you to be healed now. Are you willing to stay with me on this and help me with this? 30 reasons. I'm not saying that's all the reasons there are in the Bible. I'm saying we might not want to spend five years on this one, uh, one series. There are other things the Lord would talk to us about as well. But... You know, 10 is a bunch of reasons. 20 is even more. 30. 30. 30. So if you think you don't believe it's God's will to heal everybody, stay with us. Prove me wrong. Take these reasons apart and disprove them, all 30 of them, if you can. But only with Scripture. That's the only thing we'll listen to. Don't bring us other people's writings and theories. I don't care how many initials they got at the end of their name. And other people's experiences and who got healed and who didn't and why you think. No, we don't care for any of that. Just scriptures. Now, we said, how can you find the will of God? How do you ascertain it? How can you find it? Millions believe that everything that happens is the will of God. And there I've had people say, you know, well, I pray for me. And then, you know, if I get healed, then it was God's will. And if I didn't, that means it wasn't. Why would you say that? Why would you think that? You don't believe that in every area of life. You would say, well, you know, if somebody's lost, that proves it wasn't God's will to save them. If they died and went to hell, it proved it wasn't God's will because everything that happens is the will of God. That is not true. It is not his will that any should perish. So are there things happening that's not the will of God? Yes. Well, if it's true in the most important of all things, your eternal salvation, why wouldn't it be true with lesser things? Now, how do you find the will of God? Here's one of the greatest things I've ever learned. The Bible said in Ephesians 5, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He gave us this book. He gave us the Holy Spirit to reveal to us his will. Where are you going to find the will of God? You're going to find it in the word of God. That's where you should look. So where are we going to find out God's will for healing? 
We're going to find it in the Word of God. Now, if you would go with me, turn with me to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs chapter four. Let me review a little bit. We looked at reason number one and began talking about it last time. I want to review on it and then go to reason number two. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. What was reason number one? Anybody remember? Reason number one, why we are sure from the Bible that it is God's will for all to be healed today, now. Reason number one is because God's word is medicine. God's word is medicine. Proverbs 4, verse 20. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. That's his words. Let them, them what? His words. Not depart from your eyes. Keep them, them what? His words. In the midst of your heart. For they, they what? The words, his words are life unto those that find them. And health, or the margin says that the Hebrew literally says medicine. To all their flesh. Words, words, words. There's so much more to words than we've known and seen. How did God create the heavens and the earth? With his words. So everything you see, the chair you're sitting on... The hand that you're looking at and everything, the clothes on your back, the food you eat came from what? From words. The life that is in you came from words. The life in every tree, every flower, every rabbit, every elephant, every fish, the life that is in you and in every organism came from a spoken word from God. Words. Well, if those words can create planets, sun, moons, or mountains, oceans, human beings can create, surely it could heal. If that word could create all of this, then his words can heal, certainly, easily. Said out loud, his words heal. He said... My son, of course that means daughter too. Do what? Attend. Let me read this to you from the Amplified. Attend to my words, consent, and submit to my sayings. That's a good way of saying it. Submit to them. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. They are life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. His words are medicine. The Hebrew literally says medicine to all their flesh. Well, now, he's told us a whole lot here. Do we know anything about medicine? Sure we do. There's a lot of people in this room taking medicine of some kind. In fact, we are the medicated generation. What are the majority of commercials you see on TV about? Who's making billions and 
billions hand over the pharmaceutical companies. And the pursuit is a drug for everything. Hmm? A drug to wake you up. A drug for you to go to sleep. A drug, 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 drug. You've got to watch this, friends. We are in a medicated society. And it's a problem. It's causing problems. Somebody said, well, you saying not to take any medicine? No, I'm not saying that. Thank God there are some things, you know, some medications. And I believe that God has put all kind of wonderful things in leaves and roots and plants. and hmm? But our knowledge of the pharmacopoeia of God is very, very small. And then we're adding some stuff that he don't make (laughs) and coming up with some new combinations and it's causing problems. It's causing a lot of problems. And there's no need getting into all that, but just to say this, God has medicine and his medicine is perfect, has no side effects. You can't overdose on it. Now you can take too little of it. And have harmful effects. But you can't overdose on it. You can't take too much of it. The more the better. Said out loud. His words are life to those that find them. And health. Medicine to all our flesh. His words. His words. Glory to God. Psalm 107, 20, don't turn there, but just listen. said, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. The NIV, listen, this is Psalm 107, 20. said, he sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Glory. What did it? What did it? Hmm? His word. His word. Thank God for prayer, but this is talking about his word. And there are times when people are trying to get results with prayer that only the word can give. In fact, we read a while back during a Wednesday night prayer time that if you turn a deaf ear to the word, your prayer is an abomination. That's a quote. So he sent his what? His word and what? Healed them. Glory to God. Delivered them from their destruction. The New Living says, get this, get this. The New Living Translation says, He spoke and they were healed. Snatched from the door of death. Glory to God. What do you need to get snatched from the door of death? A word. A word from him. And you got a book full of them. you got a book full of these. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. His words will heal you. I want to make a statement about this. You might want to write it down. If you will take enough of God's word long enough, it will heal you. I don't care what's wrong with you. I don't care how impossible, how incurable it sounds. If you will take enough 
of God's word long enough, it, his word, will heal you. I'm going to say it again real slow. If you will take enough of God's word long enough, it will heal you. By and large, Christians don't have a concept of this principle that he's talking about. They go to the doctor, and the doctor prescribes a medicine, and they'll go get it filled, and they'll take it, and they'll take it, and they'll take it for three years. And they'll come back, and he says, well, we're going to increase the dosage, and they'll do it. But people don't have that understanding where the word is concerned. You know, they'll hear half a message. And don't want to hear anymore. What is healing? If you look up the word, you'll see that technically healing is a renewal or a restoration of the body from a diseased or injured or damaged condition. Somebody say restoration. Restoration. Renewal. Renewal. When you think about healing, so many folk, all they think about is instantaneous miracle. You're sick, boom, you're healed. But the Bible talks about recovery. It talks about medicine. How does medicine work? Hmm? Medicine gets in you. You don't, you don't just take a pill and boom. <laughs> That's not how it works. You take the medicine and it gets in you, it begins to affect your system. And day after day and week after week. And people understand that. And people will keep taking medicine month after month and year after year. Well, if you do that with the Word of God, it will heal you. Take your medicine. All of His words are healing and health. And medicine, not just the ones on the subject of healing. It doesn't have to say faith or healing in the verse for it to be life to you. Every word of God has power. No word of God is void of power, the scripture said. Every word is powerful and full of life. Go to Hebrews 4. Let's remind ourselves of this. Are y'all with me on this? Said out loud, if I will take enough of God's word long enough, it will heal me. Is that just my idea? Is his word medicine? Did the Bible say he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from death? Can you be delivered from death? Yes, you can. I don't care how sick you are, how weak you are, and I am talking from the Word, but I'm also talking from experience. I worked in the healing school at Brother Hagin's ministry for year after year after year after year. And day in, day out, week in, week out, we saw people who were given up, no hope, said they had to die. We've seen person after person after person come back from skin and bone, breathing machines, Tubes, I mean at death's door, there, I've seen people come all the way back. I've seen them again come all the way back, get their strength back. Are you with me now? Get their strength back, get their color back, 
I've seen the yellow jaundice and the eyes and the whites of the go away and that rosy color come back. Are you with me? I've seen people come all the way back. I've seen them go home. I've seen them go back to work. And live another 40 years or 20 years. Or Are you with me? Glory to God. And I'm going to touch on one thing, one common characteristic that every one of them that I've known had. I'm going to touch on it here, unless the Lord says otherwise, I think. For this service is over, that's where I'm headed. But get this first. This is a foundation upon which that next part comes. God's word is medicine. Where are you? Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick. What do some of your translations say? Huh? Alive. Quick. He's not just talking about the word of God is fast. Quick. Quick. It's an old English word, King James word, for living. Alive. Quickening. Life-giving The Word of God is alive. And what? Powerful. Powerful. Say it out loud. The Word of God God is alive alive. and powerful. Powerful. Is it more powerful than cancer? Is it more powerful than high blood pressure? Diabetes? AIDS? Yes. Yes. Is it more powerful than the growth of a tumor? Yes. 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 Is it powerful enough to restore something that's been damaged by the ravages of disease? What can bring somebody from the brink of death? What can bring somebody right back to health and soundness? His words. Then let's go over it again. He said, my son, do what? Pay attention to my words. Not everybody else's. What he said about it. Incline your ear to my sayings. What? What did he go on to say? Don't let them depart from your eyes. What does that mean? See, this is where so many folks miss it right here. Don't let them depart from your eyes. I know uh, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, my father in the faith who's in heaven now, he was born prematurely. He had what was called an incurable blood disease. His body did not develop because he was born prematurely. He was not in an incubator. This is many, many years ago. And so his chest didn't develop and the tubes and openings inside him didn't develop right. And they told him he, nobody in his condition had lived past age 16 or so. And sure enough, when he was 16, he became bedfast. And he was in and out. He'd be unconscious for weeks and weeks at a time. And they said he had to die. And one doctor told him, son, you know, if this one thing didn't kill you, the other one would. You know, there's no hope. Stay ready to go. I mean, the best doctors that they could get a hold of told him there's no hope. There's nothing we can do. But glory to God, he got a hold of somebody else's words. And he said sometimes he was so weak. And almost completely paralyzed that he'd try to read the Bible because something inside him told him the answer is in this book. He didn't know it. He had never heard it. But something told him the answer is in this book. So he tried to read it. 
And he figured he didn't have too much time to waste. And since there was an old covenant and a new, he'd start with the new. Because he didn't know how much time he had. And he started, because they told him, you know, you may die tonight. And so he started reading. And sometimes he said it'd take him minutes just to slide a page over one to the other. But he kept on. And he said every waking moment, he's trying to get in this book and find out what he can. Because something inside him told him the answer's in here. And you can live and don't have to die. Holy Ghost was telling him that. Spirit of God will always lead you in line with the word. Always. And he said his parents became concerned about him. Because he's always in the Bible. And then other folks that came to visit became concerned about him. And they sent one fellow to talk to him. And said, you know, they tell me that you just always read the Bible and that's all you read. He said, yes, sir. He said, you don't read, uh, you know, country and, excuse me, Western novels? He said, no, sir, don't have time. He said, you don't read, you know, comics and funny papers, they call them? You don't read? He said, no, sir. What? Don't have time. Are you listening to this now? They tell him he may be dead just any day. See, so many folks don't have this understanding, though, do they? They don't realize how serious this is, and they're just doing all this other stuff and wasting all this time. What did he say? My son, pay attention to what I'm telling you. Do what? Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those that find them. Now, if all you had to do was open the Bible and find it, and you're healed, that must not be what he's talking about. What's he talking about? Find them. If you will keep after it, if you'll keep seeing it, and hearing it, and talking it, and seeing it, and hearing it, and talking it, you'll find it. Now, it's not because it's hard to understand. It's because the enemy tries to block it. He tries to confuse you. He he tries to keep you from seeing it. It, it, It's not hard. But the whole world around you is full of unbelief and fear and wrong thinking. And you have been, you know, we don't think about it, but we have been ingrained and indoctrinated with unbelief and fear. We've been taught wrong all our life. From almost every direction. And so without meaning to. We're thinking wrong. And we're believing wrong. But if you'll get in this book. I said if you'll get in this book. You can have your mind renewed. Glory to God. Not be conformed to this world. But be transformed. And that's what he said. He said I don't have time to read all that stuff. I don't have time. Well if you. uh, He tried to tell him. You know well if you just. Stay in the Bible too much. It could affect you. You could lose your mind. And and they tried to warn him about all this stuff. But no, he didn't lose his mind. He got his mind changed. He got his mind renewed. And something happened to his spirit. And he made it to Mark 11, 23 and 24. And he found out if I desire healing, what I got to do is believe I receive my healing while I'm still laying here paralyzed. He'd never seen that before, never heard that before, but he saw it. What's happening while he's reading this book? What's happening? It's ministering to him. It's ministering to him. The Word of God is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. Glory to God. 
It's sharp enough to just divide between the junk and, and your head and your heart and pierce through the wrong thinking and unbelief and get into you and begin to give you strength to come up from where you are. Uh, it is more powerful than any addiction, than any habit, than any sin, than any failure, than any lack, than any disease. This word. This word. This word. But you have to do what he said. You have to follow the instructions for taking the medication. Here it is. Here's the top. And on the side, what does it say? Attend to these words. Hmm? Incline your heart to these sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's it. Is everybody following those instructions? No, they're not. Are they taking the medication according to the instruction? No, they are not. And that's why people are not getting results either. But if you did, if you took enough of God's word long enough, is it true that his words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh? Can the word that God spoke and created everything and that created your body and your spirit, are those kind of words in this book? Can they get into you? Can they cause flesh, nerves that have died, organs that no longer function? Oh, come on, are you with me? Can they begin to spark life in them? Oh, I've seen it. Glory to God. Can these words do that to your flesh? We read it. They are life. To those that find them. Whose job is it to find them? Your job. My job. And they are medicine. To all. A-L-L. That's from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot. And everything in between. Every organ. Every gland. Every cell. Every ligament. Medicine. To all your flesh. Glory to God. Now, you could stay on this for a long time. But here's my point. I am convinced. I think everybody else ought to be convinced. And be sure that it's God's will for all of us to be healed. Why? Because God's words are medicine. Who are these words for? If God's words will get in you and heal you and make you strong... And they're medicine to all your flesh. And yet you say, well, no, healing's not for everybody. Well, what if somebody that healing wasn't for got into this word night and day? (laughs) Is it so that the word wouldn't be life to them and it wouldn't be medicine to their flesh? See, what people are saying when they're saying healing is not for everybody They just got through saying the word is not for everybody. Because the word will heal you. Are you with me on this? I could go on, but this actually will tie in to the next thing. Go back to Proverbs. Back to Proverbs, please. This flows right into number two. 
Reason number two, why we are sure it is God's will for all to be healed today is right here in Proverbs 18. You know, many a time I've been to the hospital and there's somebody laying up in there that they tell them you can't live, you got to die. And all they do is lay there night and day and watch TV. Somebody said, what's wrong with that? They can't afford it. They don't have time for that. Are you with me? But they do. I had a lady and her daughter came one time to healing school and she wanted me to pray for her to be healed. They had diagnosed her as terminal. Nothing could be done. She had already gone through some treatments and they said, now nothing, it's in this last stage and nothing can be done. And in talking with her for just a few minutes, I saw she's not ready to be prayed for. She's not ready to believe that she receives her healing. She's not convinced of the will of God. And so I knew what had to happen. I said, well, our class is going to start in just about 30 minutes here. Can you stay? What needs to happen? What does she need? How's she going to get faith to be healed? How does faith come? It comes from the word. I said, could you stay? I'm not going to try to explain all this to her, but I said, could you stay? And she said, well, no, you know, my daughter and I had planned to go shopping this afternoon. (laughs) This is happening everywhere all the time. Why? Because people don't see the value of the word. They don't see the reality and power of what this can do in their life. They don't see how desperately they need it. Hmm? Our people, the people that call this their church, if half of them showed up tonight, couldn't see them. People that call this their church. Well, now there's a handful, a handful that's doing something else that the Lord told them to do. A handful. But the vast majority of them think they don't really need it that much. That they're okay. They can drop in once a month, once every three months. And it's deception. I said it's deception. What is happening is that their spirit is growing weaker every day. And they don't realize it. Did you hear me? And it is... Did you know that right now, I know you might not like to think about this, right now, there's enough bacteria and germs of every kind on your skin and in the air and inside your body to kill you 10,000 times over. Right now. You know why you're not dying at this moment? Because you're strong enough. Your body and your immune system is strong enough to keep it at bay. But all that stuff is lurking in your systems. (laughs) Am I right, Doc? It's in there lurking, waiting for you to get weak enough. Hmm? That it can start multiplying and taking over. Does that sound devilish or not? That's because it is. There's a life in cancer. 
There's a life in these terrible diseases. You can see it under the microscope. It's moving. It multiplies. It grows. Where does that come from? It's not God. I said it's not God. Now, I want us to back it up a whole nother step from this. The principle is the same, but, but look at this. In Proverbs 18, are you there? Proverbs 18, 14. says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? Let me read this to you from the Amplified. What does it say? The strong spirit of a man, that's male man or female man, sustains them in what? Bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. What's going to get you through physical attack? What's going to get you even through weakness and bodily pain? What can get you through that? A strong spirit. Oh, glory to God. Strong spirit. And what's happening is you've got so many folks that know the Lord and love the Lord. But they don't realize how weak they are already. They're barely maintaining. And the enemy is just waiting. Just waiting for them to get a little weaker. A little weaker. A little weaker. And see, he doesn't just want to bother you. He wants to take you out. So he'll just keep waiting. Until he feels you don't have a fighting chance. And then he'll pour it on. And he'll bring it from this side. And from that side. And from this side. Why? His plan is to overwhelm you. And to destroy you. He is a killer. Isn't he? The thief comes to do what? Steal. And kill. And to destroy. But he has to wait till you're weak. Because when you're strong, it just doesn't do him much good. Now what if you and I were smart? (laughs) What if we had some smart, spiritual smarts? We would keep him waiting indefinitely. Because while he's waiting for us to get weak, we just get stronger. (laughs) Oh, come on now. And stronger, and he keeps waiting for us to get weaker, and we don't get weaker, we get stronger, and stronger, until we live our whole life, and run our whole race, and finish our course, and leave our body, and say, well, y'all can plan it now, I'm through with it. But, millions of Christians are laying out of church, they're not reading their Bible, they're not praying, they're not praising and worshiping God, and they're getting weaker every day. A little bit weaker, a little bit weaker, a little bit weaker. It's not so noticeable because it happens gradually. And then boom, and then boom, boom, boom. And a lot of folk don't make it. 
That's why if you were smart, you would read your chapter every every day. You'd read it with gusto and faith. You at every service you'd be there, unless the Lord told you something else. Every every you wouldn't miss a one. Are you with me? And everything the Lord told you to do to build yourself up, you would do it. And week after week, instead of getting weaker, you'd get stronger. And you'd get stronger and the Lord would be reinforcing you for the days to come and the months and the years ahead. And what would happen is nothing would happen that you were not prepared for and strong to deal with. Oh, come on. Are you listening? You would be ready and you would be able. And so you would overcome and you would overcome and you would overcome and you would overcome. And you would triumph again and again and win. Come on now, you'd be healed and delivered and have victory again and again. That's the will of God for all of us. All of us. All of us. Now listen to this. Is it God's will to heal all? What will get you through the worst sickness and problem? A strong spirit. Is it his will for you to be strong or weak? If it's God's will for you to be strong, in fact, just studying today, I saw easily nearly 40 references where the Lord said, be strong. I never saw once where he said, be weak. If I am strong and my spirit is strong, how could it be God's will for me to perish with diseases and problems? Because if I'm strong in my spirit, I'm going to overcome them. Oh, can you see this? We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed. Because of the strong spirit. Now, I want to go into this a little further. In uh, Back up to Proverbs 4 where you were just reading. Y'all getting anything out of this? Is this stirring you up? Stirs me up. Proverbs 4. You will need this for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for people you meet, your co-workers. Somebody said, what do you mean you will? No, you will need this. No question about it. For yourself, your family, somebody, you're going to need it. And uh, it would be wise to pay attention and to get it in you. You may need to share what I'm sharing with you with somebody tomorrow. In Proverbs 4, he said his words are life to those that find them. His words are health, are medicine to all their flesh. Now keep on reading the very next verse, verse 23. What did he say? Keep your heart. Now he's not talking about your physical blood pump. He's talking about your inner part of your being. I mean, what is the heart of a watermelon. It's the center. It's the core. What is the heart of a pine tree or oak tree? It's the center. It's the core. The inner part of your being. Keep that. Keep your heart. With all diligence. Now when the Lord tells you to keep something with all diligence. Don't you suppose there's a good reason why? Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, out of what? 
out of your heart, out of the inner part of your being, are the issues of life. The issues of life. Put that up on the screen in the Amplified, if you would, please. Can you put the Amplified up for us? Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Where does the life that is in your flesh come from? It comes from God. But it comes from God to your spirit and through your spirit to your body. What happens when the spirit leaves the body? Body's dead. It has no life. Now think about it. The brain is still there, but it's dead. So the brain is not the source of life for the body. I find it amusing. That people make such a huge deal and they talk about the brain that all the inventions of man and science developments have come out of those two or three pounds of gray matter. Absolutely not. No. You're not a brain. The brain is an organ. Like your heart or your lung or your kidney. And you will be you and have your full mind and faculties without a brain. The Lord tears is coming and you die and your brain is decomposing in the ground. You will still have your mind wherever you are. You are a spirit. And the life that's in your flesh comes out of, from God out of your spirit. Your heart. He said guard your heart. Watch over it. Keep it with diligence. Why? Because out of your heart comes the life. That's in your flesh. So what about the condition of your spirit? Does it affect your body? Oh. oh! Medical science is just beginning to learn this. Just beginning to learn that there's a lot more too. The condition of the body and how it's affected and what it does. Who heals up and who doesn't make it. They're just beginning to see and know there's a lot more going on here. Than just the chemical or electrochemical or the physical. It's the spirit. I said it's the spirit. Well what about the weaker your spirit is? Does it affect your body? Absolutely. Weaker your spirit is, the weaker your immune system is going to be. Did you hear me? The weaker the, the electrical energy, the chemical electrical energy that goes to your heart, your brain, your lungs. What about if your spirit gets stoked up? <laughs> what if your spirit gets strong? Gets infused with life. Is that going to affect your body? The life that's in your flesh. Comes out of your inside. Your spirit. Your heart. Could God quicken you enough on the inside. That life would just flood out into your body. And overcome the disease. (laughs) 
Yes and yes. Yes. Glory to God. Aren't you thankful the Lord has opened our eyes to these truths and we're not just limited to understanding of the natural, but there's a spirit. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. Your spirit can be made very strong. And that affects your flesh. Read it one more time with me. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Why? Why would you need to do that? What if you don't do that? Hmm? What if you don't watch about what's going into you? Or what's not going into you? And you let your heart, you let your spirit get in bad shape. He said, guard it. Now, the Amplified brings it up. Above all that you guard. It's the most important part of you and what you are. It's more important than your mind. It's more important than your body. It's more important than any other part of your being. You are a spirit. You have a mind. You're in a body. But where does that life come from? Out of your heart. Out of your spirit. Out of it flow The springs of life. The only reason your eyelids are moving and your heart is beating and everything you see my hands moving is because I'm in this body. You're in your body. I'm looking at you through these two windows. We call eyes. You're looking at me through those two windows. But you're not a body. You're in a body. You're not just a brain. You have a brain. You're not just a mind, you have a mind. You are a spirit. Spirits need spirit food. Spirits need to be fed. Spirits need to be nourished. How can I get my spirit strong? Do you see the importance of getting it strong? If you do, you're going to immediately want to know that next answer to that next question. How do I get my spirit strong? Go to 1 Timothy, please. Now, we have a series on how to develop a strong spirit. But this is the high point. 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. What's going to get you through something that's just trying to tear your body apart? Something that's chewing up your organs and spitting them out. I mean, something that's destroying your blood. I mean, how many understand these things, these diseases are mean. They're devilish. They'll chew your insides up. They'll destroy you if they can. Is there anything stronger? That was too weak. (laughs) Is there anything stronger than these diseases to destroy? Yes, yes, there's the life of God. There's the life of God. It's stronger than this stuff. It's stronger than what drugs do to your system. I mean, you take enough drugs long enough, the very cells of your being cry out for it and demand it. Is there something stronger than that chemical? Oh, come on. Is there something stronger than nicotine or alcohol or crack or heroin or cocaine? Is there anything stronger than that? Yes. Yes. The same power that makes the sun shine. The same power that keeps gravity going and makes your heart beat again. That power is way more than enough 
to overcome that craving and that disease. I learned this some years ago. I I had the privilege of beginning in the first days of my ministry. I mean, the first day I was in full-time ministry was in Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry in the healing school. And that's what I did day after day after day. So we're working to help people to get healed. And it took me some time. People had come in and they're given up to die. They look terrible. They feel terrible. And we're trying to get them healed. And so I'm working, trying, what can we do to get the body changed? But I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a pharmacist. I don't know about drugs. See, the whole medical field is working on the body from the outside. That's all they know. Physical affects physical. And it took me a little while to see that's not my job. I'm not trained in medicine. I'm not trained in surgery. That's not my job. What is my job? My job is to begin to work with the Lord to get them built up on the inside because divine healing is healing from the inside when God heals you where is he he's already inside you isn't he Mr. God healed me well where was he he's inside you his spirit is already in your spirit so his life is already in you Say it out loud, I've got the life of God in me. Say it again, I've got the life of God in me. Let's say it together. I've got the life of God in me. In me. Now it's obvious that that level of God life is at varying places in people. And that life of God has been stronger in you than at other times in your life. And that affects your spirit. And that affects your body. How would you get your spirit built up if you had let it get, uh, become weak? First Timothy and the fourth chapter. First Timothy 4 and 6. First Timothy 4 and 6. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things... You shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto you have attained. What would good ministers do? They're going to do something that's going to nourish you. Nourish and build up in the words of faith. That doesn't mean every sermon has to be on the subject of faith, but every sermon is from faith and out of faith. And in faith. And to faith. Faith is of the spirit. It's not mental. You don't believe God with your mind. Faith is not of the mind. Now the mind's involved in it. But faith is not of the mind. Anybody remember Romans 10.10? Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart man believes. 
What do you believe God with? You don't believe God. He's not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't believe God with your physical heart any more than you can believe God with your kidney or with your lung. He's talking about your spirit, the inner part of your being, what you are, who you are. You believe God with your heart. With the heart, man, it's not mental. Faith is not mental. It's not just based on what you know. You can know a bunch of stuff. And be full of fear and doubt. You can know a bunch of scriptures. And be full of fear. And you can be quoting scriptures. And be full of fear. Faith is of the heart. Can you tell a person whose spirit is strong. And whose faith is strong. It's not intellectual. It's spiritual. But it's real. I said it's real. And I'm going to give you some real basic indicators of it. And it will help you to monitor yourself and know what's working and what's not. There are indications, obvious indicators of whether you're getting stronger or whether you're getting weaker. Obvious. And thank God there's something you can do about it. (laughs) Nourished up, he said, in the words of faith. Keep reading. Verse 7. Refuse profane and old wives' fables. Now, he talked about two different things that you're eating spiritually. Nourished up in the words of faith are a bunch of junk. That's not worth anything. And the more serious your situation, the more selective you ought to be. About what you are seeing and what you are... Listen to the directions for taking God's medicine. My son, attend to my... my, Whose words? Whose words? His words. My words. How many Christians instead of that have attended to the doctor's words? I thank God for doctors. Don't misunderstand me. But sometimes they're just looking at the natural and they were telling them nothing can be done. There's no hope. Last stage. And people go home and think about those words only. And ignore God's words. It makes your spirit weak. It drains you. And you need something to nourish you up. Now, let me say it again. Thank God for doctors. If it wasn't for doctors and nurses and medicines, a whole bunch of us wouldn't be in here tonight. Do whatever the Lord tells you to do about letting the doctor help you or the medicine or the operation. But don't let any man's word be your last word. And follow the directions and attend to his word. What did he say? Did he say anything about you living a long time and being satisfied or being healed or being delivered? Then that's what you've got to keep in front of your eyes. Don't let them depart from your eyes. You've got to keep it there night and day. And take it. Why? Because that will feed life right into your spirit. It will strengthen you. It's the difference between... Uh, living and dying young, dying prematurely. How did you, do you get your spirit strong? Same way you get your physical body strong, by eating and exercising. But eating spirit food 
and exercising spiritually. Verse 7, refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Is he comparing natural nourishment to spiritual nourishment? Is he comparing bodily exercise to spiritual exercise? Yes, he is. Because see, the body is patterned after the spirit. The things you and I see and know are patterned after spiritual realities. Not the other way around. Well, just like you can feed your body and exercise your body and it will become stronger, you can feed your spirit and exercise your spirit and it will become stronger. It's no wonder so many folks' spirits are weak because they don't even know they are spirit. They make no effort to feed their spirit, much less exercise it. And so they're weak, 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 weak. But you can become very strong on the inside. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. His words feed your spirit. How many believe when you read your chapter every day, it feeds your spirit? Huh? When you come to church, it feeds your spirit. We're hearing his words. Is it nourishing us? If it's the word of God, if it's revelation of his word, if it's in and of faith, it does something to you. It nourishes you. It feeds you. Not just your body, it affects your body, but it feeds your spirit. I will never forget the first time I heard a tape that had faith in it. Back in the 70s, I'd gone to church for years, but I didn't know anything about this. I heard a man teaching on faith, and I listened to the whole tape. I didn't even know anybody else that listened to tapes. Never heard of such a thing. And I listened to it, and when I got through, I didn't understand half of what the man said. But I knew that something fed something inside of me, and I became... An addict. To this day. Got to have my word fix. Because it's life to me. It's life to me and health to all my flesh. Now, have you ever noticed though, some people can read a scripture and it's just kind of flat and boring. And other people can read a scripture and glory to God, you think, read another one, brother. <laughs> read some more. Why? Because there's life coming out of it. I used to think that when I'd sit under Brother Hagen teaching, he'd just read the chapter, and I'm getting revelation while he's reading. I'm thinking, glory to God. Why? Because he's reading with faith. People can just say stuff and just be reading. Coming out. It's off of the top of their head. But people can be saying something out of their spirit with faith. And anointing in life. What does that do? Out of spirit into spirit. Spirit to spirit. Flesh to flesh. Head to head. Spirit to spirit. We don't want to just be an intellectual mental church. There's too many of them. Oh dear me. The Bible warns us. About genealogies and and words and disputing of words and dissecting things until the wee hours of the morning. 
to impress somebody with our in-depth knowledge. <laughs> the spirit of a person is more important than their doctrine. Yes. The spirit of a person. Your spirit more important than your head and what you think you know. You can believe God and get healed and never know what was wrong with you. (laughs) Never even have the foggiest idea what it might have taken to find a cure. Because nobody could even find out what was wrong. You can still be healed. Because no matter what it is, the power of God is bigger. And stronger the life of God is greater. Let me give you some definitions. And then we're going to act on something here. We're actually going to feed and exercise our spirit actively tonight before we get through. Are you ready for that? We've been feeding, but we're going to take it a step further and feed and exercise. Three main things about getting your spirit built up and strong. Number one, you have to eat the right thing. The ear tastes words like the mouth tastes food. And the words you hear are either putting the right thing into you or the wrong thing. Words can put faith in you or they can take it away. Words can put fear in you and doubt or they can put faith in you. Words can minister death to you or they can minister life to you. They can minister joy and peace or depression and anxiety. What you listen to, what you watch and read and listen to is helping you or hurting you. Put yourself on a diet of good, solid word of God, words of faith. Hmm? Read your own chapter in faith. Feed yourself in faith. And be in a place where you get fed faith and life and revelation. And when you need more, get somewhere where you can get more. And forget about shopping and working in the flower bed and watching movies and doing other stuff till you get yourself built up. Because if you don't, it could be too late. Get busy. Getting yourself full of the Word of God. Remember a woman testifying one time, I... She looked like she should have been gone two weeks ago when she first came. Skin and bone, not enough strength to get herself around. And she stayed with us healing school week after week after week after week after month. And she just began to blossom like a flower in the sunshine. I'm telling you, her color began to come back. She began to gain weight. And she stood up and testified. Everybody that had been around knew a miracle had happened in this woman. You'd have to be blind not to think so. It's obvious. And she stood up and she said, I guess I just got so full of the word until there was no more room for the cancer. (laughs) And we shouted for 10 minutes. It's true. Just pumping it in there. Pump hours a day. Just hearing and hearing. It's not because it takes so much of the word. It's because so many times people are not receiving it. A lot's coming but they're not receiving it because of wrong thinking and filtering. But if you'll just stay with it long enough, the Lord will help you. You'll open up. You'll change. And you'll get it. And you'll find it. And it'll be life to you. And medicine. 
to all your flesh. Eating. Number two, exercising. How do you exercise spiritually? Uh, one of the best ways to exercise spiritually is with your confession, your words, what you say. How did you get born again? You believed in your heart and you said it with your mouth. What you say, speaking in tongues, is a good spiritual exercise. Praising and worshiping God is a good spiritual exercise. Every time you're exercising faith, you're exercising your spirit. Walking in love, walking in joy, all the fruit of the spirit is exercising. Now finally, and it took me a while to learn this. I thought, man, you do that, you got it made. You feed your spirit good and you exercise it good, you'll get strong, you got it made. And after several years of teaching that, the Lord said, you're leaving something out. I said, help me please. He said, you can do all that and still be weak. I thought, what? No. He said, yeah, you can feed yourself and exercise yourself and still be weak. I thought, how or what? He said, drains. Drains. He said, what if you got a lot of water coming in the tub, but you got just as much going out of the tub down the drain? It's not going to fill up. Before you can fill it up, you've got to stop the drain. There are things that will drain your spirit. You can get built up good in the service tonight. You can build yourself up good reading your chapter and praying in the spirit. And there's some things you can do that will just sap you like you didn't even do it. Let me mention a few of them to you. Fear. Fear will drain you. Worry will drain you. You can sit in a chair and worry about something and it'll just, it's like pulling the plug on your spiritual energy. It'll just drain you. Worry and fear. Too many involvements. Too many irons in the fire. Doing too, all kind of stuff the Lord never told you to do. Running here and running there and doing this and staying on the phone all day about nothing. Did you hear me? Doing everything that everybody asks you to do, getting involved in every project and every program, it'll wear you out. And it won't be the Lord's fault. He didn't tell you, you didn't ask Him whether you should do it or not, you just did it. It'll drain you, it'll wear you out. And here's one of the biggest ones strife. Oh boy. You can read. All of Isaiah and Matthew and Philippians. You can pray in tongues for four hours and get so built up that you feel like you're about floating. And you can get in an argument with somebody and you can yeah, yeah, and fuss and get intense and heated strife for 15 minutes. And you go sit down in a chair, you feel like you're so weak you can't even already get up. Is this right or not? Strife will absolutely drain you. And the devil knows it. What if he can keep you in strife all the time? And you're not feeding your spirit either. Oh, it won't take long until you are critically weak. And easy prey for anything that comes down the road. That's why the love is not the love suggestion. It's the love commandment. You do not have to fight and fuss with people. You don't have to. It takes two. And you can be an unparticipating party. (laughs) 
no matter what may have happened over Christmas. <laughs> Go to Psalms 27. Now, we're ready to act on this right now. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to act on this. And something's going to happen while you're acting on this. Your spirit is going to get supercharged. It's going to get quickened. Just watch and see. Your spirit is going to get life quickening. Because it's in the Word. Psalm 27, are you there? Before I read this, Joel 3.10 said, Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak do what? Think about being strong. No, let the weak what? Joel 3.10. Have you got it? Put it up if you got it. Joel 3.10. Joel 3.10. I quoted it. What does it say? Let the weak do what? Say, I am strong. What if you were really, really weak? What if you're really, really lost? <laughs> Believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and say with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord. And I'm saying, what if you're really, really weak? Say it out loud. I am strong. Now, when you're saying that, you're not just saying your words, you're saying his words. Is there life in these words? What if you said it in faith? Could strength be manifested in you? Oh, I, this is one of the most exciting things I have I've participated in in the healing ministry. I've seen people completely bedfast, could barely whisper, you had to put your ear right over their mouth to even hear what they're saying. And after 30 minutes of doing what you and I are about to do, they were standing by the bed talking so loud you could hear them two houses down. I'm not talking about hearsay. I was there. I saw it. Last stages of cancer. And then after that, got better and better and gained weight and back in the ministry. Glory to God. And what we did is what we're going to do right now. Same thing. Same thing. So don't quit now. Don't leave now. Psalm 20. What, what did I say? That's too far in. Go to 18. I don't want you to miss this one. Let the weak do what? Let them say, I am strong. Why would you say it? Why would you say it? The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. Why would you say it? While you're saying it, you're hearing it. It's feeding your spirit. It's nourishing up. While you're saying it, you believe it, you're exercising your spirit, you're feeding your spirit, you're exercising your spirit. What's that supposed to do to you? What will it do to you? It will strengthen you. Not theory, it will strengthen you. Psalm 18, are you there? We're going to act on these, we're going to say them out loud. Psalm 18 and 32. What does it say? It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. 
Now, friend, I'm going to lead you in this. We're going to say it, but we're not just saying it to hear the sound bounce off of our ears. We're using our spirit. We're using our faith. This will not be a time to quit and look around and not be a participator. God's doing this for a specific effect. Say it out loud. It is God, it is God. who girds me, me with strength. With strength. He, girds me he girds me with strength. Listen to the English version. It says, he is the God who makes me strong, who makes my pathway safe. The living Bible said, he fills me with strength and protects me wherever I go. Say it out loud. He fills me with strength. Close your eyes. Say it out loud. He fills me with strength. 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 He is the God who makes me strong. He's the God who makes me strong. Do you hear this at the grocery store and the restaurant? And working by people. What do you hear? Man, I feel weak today. I don't know what it is, but I've just been feeling draggy. And we, I said, people think nothing about that. You hear it everywhere. Why would the enemy be bringing these thoughts to people continuously? So they'll say it. And so what? Ah, we're just so weak. See, people don't think anything about it. But if you stand up and say, I'm strong in the Lord. They'll go, whoa, what? What did you say that for? Well, why did you say, I'm so weak I can't hardly walk today? Why did you say that? So people think, well, that's normal. (laughs) If you want to be weak. If you want something different, you've got to say something different. Life and death's in the power of the tongue. Isn't it? Yes. Say it out loud. He makes me strong. He fills me with strength. He girds me with strength. Glory to God. Go to Psalm 27. Write these down. Write these down so you can use them for yourself or somebody else. Psalm 27 and 1. 27.1. Oh, what a good one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom and what shall I be afraid of? What's the understood answer to that? Nothing. Why? What's the next part say? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom, of what will I be afraid? Nothing, because he is the strength of my life. Said out loud, the Lord, the Lord is, the is the strength of my life. Now close your eyes, say it out loud with me. The Lord is the strength of my life. Say it again. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength. Of my life. The Lord is the strength 
of my life. He's the strength of my life. What if you said that night and day? No matter what you feel. Let the weak say. What do the weak normally say? I'm weak. I'm hurting. I feel bad. I don't know what's wrong. I just don't feel like doing it. I just feel so weak. The Bible tells the weak to say something else. The Bible tells you and me. If we feel weak or look weak or are weak in the natural, to say, I am strong. Now, that's a very different thing from begging God to strengthen you. He never told you to beg him to strengthen you. He told you to say something. He told you to say that you are strong. Are we quoting scriptures right here? Reading right out of the Bible. How could that be bad? The Lord is the strength of my life. He's the strength of my life. He's the strength of my spirit. He's the strength of my mind. He's the strength of my heart and my lungs and my blood, my kidneys. He's the strength of my immune system. He's the strength of my emotions. Never again say you're weak in any area of your life. The weaker you feel, the more you say. I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my... You, you have to keep saying it. You say it two or three times and your head will say, we've said it, okay, we've said it. Go on to something new. Say, shut up, shut up. I'm not saying this for the benefit of my head. I don't believe God with my head. It's not knowledge that gets you through bodily pain and trouble. Did you hear that? It is not knowledge. It's a strong spirit. Faith is of the heart. And you say, how would you know it's working in you? Oh, you won't have to ask. If you have to ask somebody, you need to close your eyes and keep saying it. When it starts working in you, when the word, the word of God's quick, it's alive, it's powerful. When it starts working in you, you know it, you know it. Immediately, you begin to feel stronger. Now, before I go further, and I know I'm taking extra time, but I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> I'm on a mission here. Hmm? So stay with me and then judge it all later. Hmm? How can you tell if you're weak? Weaken your spirit. Your spirit is fearful, anxious. You dread. Your spirit is depressed, dragginess. When you're weak in your spirit, you don't want to do anything. You're lazy. You have no incentive, you have no excitement. Is this describing any conditions? You're weak. All you think about and talk about is what's wrong and what's bad. You talk about quitting. You think about giving up. There's no use in going on. That is all the fruit of a weak spirit. Let me tell you how you are when your spirit gets strong, though. 
When your spirit is strong, there's peace. Peace is evidence of a strong spirit and joy. Joy, the Bible said, the joy of the Lord. So what about somebody that's really depressed? They're weak spiritually. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you're strong in your spirit, you have a freshness about you. You have a confidence about you. You're ready to take on a big job. You're ready to clean out the closet. You're ready to tackle the garage. And look behind the shelves where ain't nobody looking two years. And when you're weak, you look at it and go, oh, another day. Hmm? When you're strong in your spirit, you're ready to tackle it and confident. And yes, we can. And yes, we will. Ah, uh, there ain't no way. Ain't no need in fooling with that. Ain't no need bothering with that. What is that? Weak spirit. Weak spirit. Weak spirit sits in the tent and cries and goes, They're big. They're too big. And the wall is too tall. And there ain't no way. And there ain't no way. What does strong spirit say? Caleb and Joshua, come on. Yes, we can. Their defense has departed from them. God's with us. Come on. Let's go get it. Strong spirit. Weak spirit. It's obvious. You don't have to have a word of knowledge or have a vision. <laughs> it's obvious when you're strong or when you're weak. What if you're so weak you just... Have no vision. So that's why people get mad when somebody that's full of faith and vision comes along talking about, we're going to believe for jets and yachts and we're going to believe for big properties. They go, oh. (laughs) Makes people mad because it shows up how weak they are. And your vision is so out and your faith and strength is out beyond theirs. And they don't, don't want to put forth any effort to get strong. And they just want to come up with a new doctrine and why it's not for everybody. And it's not the will of God anyway. And that's why it is so popular, this no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not your fault. It's the mysterious, unknowable will of God. <laughs> and all the weak ones said, that's right. Not our fault. That's right. You just never know. (laughs) I'm not through. Where are you? Glory to God. Psalm, there's a bunch of these, but Psalm 29. Let me just give you two or three more here. Psalm 29 and 11. Psalm 29, 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Amplified says the Lord will give unyielding and impenetrable strength to his people. Say it out loud. He gives me me unyielding strength, 
impenetrable strength. He gives me unfailing strength. He makes me strong. He makes me strong. He gives me strength. Glory to God. Go to Psalm 71. Now the ideal situation on this is to do just what we're doing for an hour at least. Most people it takes them that long to finally get their mind quiet. And begin to say what they're saying with a little faith. And if you've never done it before then you don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, you can sit in your chair at home. Right by yourself. And just sit there and go, I am strong in the Lord. I am strong. I am strong. He is the strength of my life. You can sit there and do that for two hours and then come tell me. Just like you can sit there and worry and fear for two hours and feel like you can't, you ain't got enough strength to get to the bed. You can lay there and praise him and worship him and say, you are my strength. Oh God, you are everlasting strength. You're the strength of my spirit and my mind and my life. You quicken me. You make me full of strength. You make me strong. I'm strong in you. I'm strong in you. You do that for an hour. Strength will literally come out of him through your spirit into your body. So are you saying it actually will affect my physical body? Yes. Yes. It will affect your organs, your bloodstream, your brain cells. Yes. According to how much faith you say it in. You could sit there and go, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, 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 strong. Yeah, yeah, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. How many is that? How many is that? Well, it's going to take you an exceedingly long time to get any benefit out of that if you do. Because it's not just motor mouthing it. It's faith. That's why we say when you read your chapter, you don't just speed read it and scan it. What do you do? You sit down and you go, thank you, Lord, for this precious, holy word. It's life to me. It's health and medicine to all my flesh. Open it up to me. Help me to see it and how to put it into practice in Jesus' name. And then you read each word and you savor it. You're not in a hurry. You read it out loud. You show it respect. You expect something to happen when you read it. And according to what you put into it, that's what you'll get. Psalm 71, are you there? Psalm 71, I've got about two more of these. Can you take them? Psalm 71 and 16. Oh, I like this. Psalm 71, 16 says, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Say it out loud. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Now, friend, there will be multitudes of times when this is applicable. There will be time and time when the enemy will come and tell you, you can't go. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. You don't have the opportunity. You can't go. What do you say? Come on. I will go. I will go go in the strength 
of the Lord. There will be times when if it's up to you making it happen, it ain't happening. Because you, the strength is not in you. It's not in your mind. It's not in your body. It's not in your pocketbook. And the devil will tell you, and it will look like it. It will feel like it. That you can't go. And you can't do it. And that's the time. When from the inside of you, you say, I will go. I will go. I will go on. I will go through. I will go. How? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? In the strength of the Lord God. The greater one is inside me. He's bigger than anything against me. Say it out loud with me. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Say it again. I will go in the strength. Of the Lord God. Yeah, but you can't go on. I will, I will go. See, you're not saying this based on your muscles. You're not saying this based on what you feel. You're saying this based on the Word of God that's keeping the sun shining and the world turning. And if there's enough power in that Word to do that, it's enough power to put a spark back in your body. Come on now. It's enough power. To quicken your legs and your arms. Jump start whatever needs to be jump started. There will be times when thoughts and feelings come and say, you can't go. You can't go. I've had it happen to me. You can't go on this meeting. You're in no shape to do this. You can't do this. You can't make that trip. You can't. You're not in shape spiritually. You're not in shape mentally, physically. You can't do it. You don't have the resources. I will go. So you go ahead and get ready to go anyway. Looks like there's no way, but you get ready to go. There's no money, but you plan to do it. Come on now. And you keep saying, we will do it. We will do it. We will do it. We will go. We will go. Yeah, but you're old. Yeah, but we'll go. In the strength of the Lord. Yeah, but you're broke. Yeah, but we'll go. We will go in the strength of the Lord. Yeah, but you're ignorant and uneducated. Yeah, but I will go and I'll make it. In the strength of the Lord God. Say it one more time with me. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Psalm 84. Psalm 84. There's so many of these, but I wanted you to have these in particular to stir yourself up on. Psalm 84 and uh, 7. Psalm 84, 7. What does it say? They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. The English version says they grow stronger. As they go. The living says they will grow constantly in strength. Said out loud. I go go from strength strength to strength. strength. I am going going from strength strength to strength. strength. Let's say it out loud together. Close your eyes. I'm going from strength to strength. Oh, it's working. I'm going... From strength to strength. I'm going from strength to strength. The devil says, you're just getting weaker every day. You say, I'm going from strength to strength. I'm going 
from strength to strength. I'm going from strength to strength. I'm going from strength to strength. I'm going from strength to strength. I'm going from strength to strength. I'm growing stronger. I'm increasing in strength. Now you've got to say that when you feel weak. Let the weak say that. Let the weak say, I'm getting stronger. I'm going from strength to strength. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. You especially need to say it when you feel weaker than you've ever felt. You say, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I'm going from strength to strength to strength to strength. I'm going from level to level of strength. I'm getting stronger. 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 Glory to God. New Testament. Philippians. 4, 13. Philippians 4, 13. Do you have it marked? Yes. What does it say? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There will be things that tell you you can't. That you've gone as far as you can go. And that may be true in your own strength. But you can do what seems impossible. You can go and do all things. Listen to the Amplified. Amplified. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Say it out loud. I can do all things. I can do anything. Through Christ. Who strengthens me. Stand up on your feet please. We're not through. Say it out loud. I can do. All things. Through Christ. Who strengthens me. I can do. Anything. Everything through the anointed one who infuses me with strength, with strength. I can do it. I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. The devil will tell you, you can't talk to them about that. You can't. What would you say? What do you say? I can't. I can do it. Through, with, with some help. Through Christ. Who's true. You can't stand up there in front of those people and talk. You can't talk to them about the Lord. You can't tell them about healing. What would you say? I can do all things. I can do it. I can do it. You can't go and tell them the truth and admit what you did. And only, you can't do that. I can. I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. You can't go to your boss and talk about that. Yes, I, through Christ, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Hallelujah. And finally, you don't have to turn there. You know it. Ephesians 6.10. Anybody know it? What does it say? The uh, King James, first of all. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The living says your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. Close your eyes. Say it again. I am strong in the Lord. And the power of his might. Now we're going to say this several times. So say it with me out loud. I am strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I am strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I am strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I am strong. Say it again. I am strong. Say it again. I am strong. I'm 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 strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the power of his might. I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. I am strong, I am strong. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in His mighty power. I'm strong, I am 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 strong. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. I call my body strong. I call my kidneys strong. I call my lungs strong. I call my heart strong. I call my digestive system strong. I call my immune system strong. I call my blood strong. Strong. I call my bones Strong, I call my joints. Strong, uh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.